Hey, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let me make a little bit of an adjustment. Can you guys see and can you hear? Welcome to Fellowship of Champions E-Church. Welcome to Fellowship of Champions E-Church. Good morning, good morning. We are on Facebook and IG. So Facebook people who usually wait on us to get on IG, you can join there. Listen, I need you to do some social media outreach for me. What does that mean? I need you to tag somebody. I need you to share this on your story. I need you to share this on your Facebook page. I need you to invite someone to come and hear what God is saying today. Fellowship of Champions, we're located in Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas to be exact. And we are a church teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. That's right. We are a teach church that's teaching people how to walk in love because love is the power of God. How to live by faith because faith releases the promises of God and how to experience his prosperity in every area of life. That's right. God wants you to prosper. You are a champion because of the work of Jesus Christ. And we want you to be excited about what God is doing in your life. So share, share, share. We have some new people. I believe that's Mika who's watching for the first time on IG. Listen, if you have an IG presence, go on over to IG and share the the post to ask some of your friends. We want to reach as many people as we can. We're super excited that although while we miss our partners, we are super excited for technology. Everybody praise the Lord for technology. Contrary to what people may feel about social media, and I would like to insert that if your social media sucks, then you should change the people you're following. But I want you to know the thing I love about social media is that we get the opportunity to take the gospel all over the world. Since this pandemic, we have had people join us from the Caribbean. We have had people join us from Africa, um, different countries in Africa. We've had people join us from the UK. We've had people join us from Canada and people from all over this country. And we could not do that just being in the local church. And so while the local church may not be meeting, the kingdom of God, the church of God is still going strong. So come on and give the Lord some praise. If you're a first time watcher, first time visitor, raise your hand and say, me, it's my first time here. And we want to tell you that even if you do not live in Northwest Arkansas, you can be a virtual partner. That's right. You can be a partner of FOC. And since we have been going live, we have had our virtual partnership has increased. We we have virtual partners. Um, we have virtual partners who are in Virginia. We have virtual partners um, who are in Florida. We have virtual partners who are in um, Texas, I believe. And you can be a virtual partner too. That just means that you're saying you believe in what the, we're doing here and you want to be connected to it. You don't just want to be a casual watcher, but you want to say, hey, you know what? FOC is my church home too. And you may be wondering, can I do that if I have a local church home? Absolutely. You you can still be a covenant partner with us and have a low and have a local church home. Someone's going to drop the link because um, it's on our website. And if you want to be a virtual partner, you have to let us know. Okay. Love D13. It's your first time on IG. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're excited to have you. Now, you know, I got to do the announcements and then I'm going to get into the word. All right. So first thing, 
On Mondays, I do Mindset Monday. Mindset Monday, I do it at Sean Strickland at noon. And this month, I have been teaching about strategies for supernatural success, particularly in the area of finances. I want you to know that God cares about your financial situation. And he cares so much that he has created strategies to cause you to win. He is not moved by famine. He is not moved by um, economic concerns. He is not moved by what your job is doing god has supernatural solutions for you and it's time to press in and so you can join me at noon central time and then on tuesday night we have my favorite activity of the week prayer somebody say prayer something supernatural happens when we pray something supernatural happens when we pray and if you're thinking man nothing supernatural happens when i pray maybe it's because you're not praying the word because the most the prayer is not powerful because you get tinglys prayer is not powerful because you cry prayer is not powerful because you fell down prayer is powerful because you give god back his word and i love our prayer team that's led by Chandra Washington and when we pray we pray the word so when we are praying for finances we are praying according to the word of God when we are praying for healing we are praying for the word of God when we are praying for protection we are praying according to the word of God because the power in prayer is that you pray the word not that you beg not that you plead not that you cry you can pay you can pray a powerful prayer and not cry not break a sweat, not even pray a long time. Prayer is simply giving God back his word. Tell your neighbor, say, give him his word back. And then on Wednesday night, our associate pastor, Ralph Marlowe, is teaching refreshed Bible study. It's just one of the ways our ministry has grown in the pandemic. Um, we've added this Wednesday night Bible study, and Ralph is doing a fabulous job teaching it, and people are getting their lives um, changed. And listen, you need you some midweek word. You need you some midweek words. Some of you are frustrated and stressed out by Wednesday. Some of you still on a hump day, even though you at home, many of you are have your kids at home with you on Wednesday. You need to come and be refreshed. Come and be refreshed. Listen, you just need to come and be refreshed. And then on Sunday, we have the amazing anointed pastor Kristen Valley who shows up and leads us in worship. And if you have not followed her page, Chris, can you drop the link to your page? If you have not followed her page, I need you to follow and like her. Listen, Chris is an anointed worship leader with a heart for God and a heart for people. And we want to help her expand the reach of her page. So if you have not liked Kristen Valley's worship, and I want to tell you this, uh, that a following a professional page is different than a person page, you need to like and follow. You need to like it and you need to follow it because following is how you get the notifications that she goes live every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central. And we want to shout her and out her out and her husband, Valley, um, Nigel Valley, who they show up every week and they lead us into worship. And so, and then we come right back here Sunday morning at 10 a.m. But I want to tell you something else that we have going on. And this is not just for um, victory partner, um, not just for Fellowship of Champions partners. We do something called Victory Zone. Everybody say Victory Zone. Victory Zone is the ministry we do for our kids. And for the last several weeks, we've been doing videos. We've got a group of people who get together and they do videos in order to teach your children. And so we have videos. And Ralph, if you don't mind, drop the link so people can see it. So if you have small kids, you can watch these videos with them. This week, 
there teaching Bible basics. How many of you know that we need to know the Bible basics? Some of us probably need to go to Victory Zone too. But if you have children, invite, sit down with your children and watch these videos because even though you may not be going to church on Sunday morning, meaning physically getting dressed, going to the building, we still have a responsibility to train our children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So make sure you are watching. Ralph is going to drop the link. He's just dropped it right there. We also have teen ministry. If you would like your teen to be a part of our teen ministry, I need you to connect with Chandra Washington and she'll tell you what you need to do. We're reaching out to teens. We're reaching out to kids. We're praying. We're doing praise and worship. Um, I'm reaching people through um, my strategic mindset work and we are having church because the building may be closed, but the kingdom is expanding. Tell your neighbor, say the kingdom is expanding. The kingdom is expanding. So I need you to go ahead. I need you to share this video. And I need you, if you're on Facebook, I need you giving hearts and likes so it will come up higher in the analytics. I need you commenting this morning. I need your energy this morning. I need you to go ahead and give some hearts as a symbol of your praise. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So while I can't hear you, I can see your hearts. I need you praising the Lord. I need you dropping those hands. I need you lifting hands. I need you giving emojis. Let's Bring your energy today and let's give God praise because he is worthy. Amen. The kingdom is expanding. God has not forgotten about you. He is ready to take care of you. He has provision for you. Nothing has taken him by surprise. He has everything that you need. What I want to do this morning is I want to um, I want to share with you this prophetic word that the Lord gave me um, at the beginning of September. Well, actually, at the end of August, uh, I want to find that for you. And I want to share that with you because I think it's a very important word that go that aligns with the topic today. Today, I'm talking about wealth and riches in your house. And I'm starting with Psalms 112. Wealth and riches in your house. I like that. Y'all still giving that 13 seconds of praise. Come on. Give God some praise. Because if you know if we were here in the building, um, if everybody was here, we are good for saying, come on and give me 13 seconds of praise. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Come on and give honor and glory to his name. Why? Because he is absolutely worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our honor. He is worthy um, of our um respect. He is worthy of our obedience. Tell your neighbor, say he's worthy of your obedience because I want you to understand that praise and worship is not just the lifting of our hands. Thank God for that. It's not just the opening up our mouth and saying glory, hallelujah. It is also our obedience. Our obedience is the best worship we can offer God. It is when we do what we were created to do. So I want to invite you to step into the realm of the obedient, to step into the realm of of the obedient. I want you to know that there are God-given blueprints that cause us to prosper no matter what. There are God-given blueprints that cause us to prosper no matter what. 
Come on, guys, let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you for this day. You are a good God. And we thank you for the daily bread in this day. We thank you that you have not withheld your goodness from us. You have not withheld resources from us. You have not withheld um, provision and protection and favor for us. You have given us everything uh, that we need. You satisfy us because we are submitted to you. And so we thank you for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we are redeemed redeemed. Jesus is the best gift you have ever given us. Because of Jesus, we have right standing with you. Because of Jesus, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus, we can come boldly and declare the word and you hear us because you see us through the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the written word that corrects... <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, that corrects us and instructs us and disciplines us and expands us and transforms us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and do what you do. In Matthew 13, it says, anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we should be converted and healed. And so, Father, I thank you right now for the release of our ability to see. Our eyes are anointed to see. Our ears are anointed to hear. Our hearts are anointed to understand. And we are being converted today specifically in the area of wealth and riches. Father, we thank you. We take authority over every spirit of poverty, over every religious spirit, over every Every spirit of fear over every spirit of scarcity and we release the peace and presence of God we release the truth of God that you have provision for everyone that there is enough for everyone and we pray that that would become a living working reality in our lives today in Jesus name amen I need everybody to say this God has enough for all of us God has enough for all of us God has enough for all of us. This topic of wealth and riches makes people so uncomfortable. It makes people so uncomfortable and people don't realize that the reason that they are uncomfortable is because they have a mindset that disagrees with God. In Isaiah 55, it says, your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So what happens for us is because of our experiences, because of what we've seen, because of what we've been taught, we show up to many things with a very different perspective than the kingdom has. And one of the areas where the enemy has had a strong foothold on believers is in the area of wealth, is in the area of of wealth. And what has been taught is a lot of lies because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what the enemy works to do is to make you think that there is not enough provision. The enemy makes you think that because someone else increased, there is no increase for you. But I came to tell you that God has enough for all of us, even in a pandemic, even in a famine, even when the economy is crazy, God has enough for all of us. And I believe that that has to be the place that we start from because if I just think God has enough for me, that's still a scarcity mentality. God has enough for all of us. All of us. I don't just mean all of us watching this broadcast. I mean every human being on the planet. God has enough for all of us. And I need you to sink in. 
I need you to sink in and we need to be delivered from these financial lies. We need to be delivered from these financial strongholds and that's what we're going to do today. I need you to understand something. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 and 2, it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is my responsibility, it is your responsibility to use the word of God to transform my mind. It's my responsibility, it is your responsibility to use the word of God to transform your mind. No one is exempt from this need to transform our minds. Understand this, when God is inviting us to transform our minds, he is not inviting us to be better than we used to be. He is inviting us to become like him and see things like he does. Did you hear what I said? Listen, personal development in the world is about becoming a better version of yourself. Transformation in the kingdom is about becoming who God created you to be and seeing, hearing, and understanding the way that he does. The Bible tells us you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove, you can prove what you can experience for yourself, what, if that is, what is that good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for your life. <clears throat> Understand this, that when you get transformed in your mind regarding salvation and you accept Jesus as your personal savior, and now you can spend eternity with him, you are proving what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God in your life in that area. How many of you know that God doesn't want anybody not to be saved? He doesn't want anybody to perish. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, so he says whosoever, whether you black, whether you white, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're tall, whether you're short, whether you live in and on the continent of Africa or you live in, on, in Europe or you live in California, he doesn't care. Whosoever will believe that Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for his sins shall be saved. You need to realize that everything in the kingdom is received by a whosoever that believes. That's how you receive anything in the kingdom. You have to become a whosoever that believes. Do I have any whosoevers out there? So if you think about it, faith comes by hearing. In Romans 10 and 9, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Many of us, I said this last week, many of us went to churches and we heard um, about salvation every single week. If you grew up in a good Baptist church like I did, I don't care what they preached about. At the end of the message, they were going to take you to the cross. Why? They were building your faith that salvation was for you. Say salvation is for me. Now, when we look at something like healing, the reason we don't see healing as prevalent as we see salvation is because you got to hear. How can they hear? if someone doesn't teach it. So we, so what we found in the month of April, we've been teaching healing for years in our church, but what we found is that every time we do a concentrated teaching on healing, guess what happens? Healing testimonies increase. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. So I want to ask you this, when it comes to wealth and riches, what exactly are you hearing? Come on, you need to share this broadcast this morning. When, you, when, it, comes to, when it comes to wealth, because wealth, abundance, is just a form of salvation. It is the deliverance from scarcity. It is the deliverance from poverty. It is the deliverance from the fear of not having enough. 
And so he wants to save your soul, amen. He wants to save your body, amen. But he also wants to save you financially because God has provided for everything. Let's look at Romans 8 and 32. That's a scripture that we looked at last week. Let's come back. Let me take a sip of water this morning. So in Romans, no, where did I just tell y'all to go? Where did I just tell y'all to go? Babe, where did I just say go? Romans 8 and 32. In Romans 8 and 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Romans 8 and 32, it tells us, it ties us back to John 3, 16, and it says to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, I'm a whosoever, that's how I got saved. I was a whosoever who said, I qualify for this word. I don't qualify for this word because I'm perfect. I don't qualify for this word because I've never messed up. I qualify for this word because I choose to believe this word is true. That's really how you get saved. You choose to believe the word is true. That's how you get healed. You choose to believe the word is true. That's how you get delivered from depression. You choose to believe the word is true. You have to believe that this word is bigger than what you are facing. Now it tells us in Romans 8 and 32, it says, he that did, did not, did, he did not withhold his son from us. How shall he not freely with him give us all things? How many of you know money is a thing? So it says to us, he gave us his best gift in Jesus. Is this helping anybody? He gave us his best gift in Jesus. And in Jesus, he gave us everything that we need. We qualify and we qualify because we choose to believe. Now, this belief is not just an out of my mouth, I believe. It is a belief that begins to bring me into obedience. It is a belief that begins to bring me into conformity. So, you know, I have been teaching this every time I've taught. I've been reinforcing what Pastor Elma said. What did he say to us? And you ought to go crazy and give some hearts when I say this. This is the year of what? It's the year of what? Great harvest. This is the year of great harvest. How do you qualify for that word? How do you experience the salvation of that word? You must believe. This is the year of great harvest. You must believe. You understand that there are people in this ministry and connected to this ministry that have experienced supernatural breakthroughs because they were willing to believe a word that did not naturally make sense. And because they chose to believe, they qualified as a whosoever. We have Stick, who got a brand new car given to her. We have Larissa, who got a job that she wasn't even, hadn't even applied for. A recruiter reached out to her. We have people that have gotten Santresa who got a raise even though there was a higher, I mean, a pay raise freeze. You need to understand that this is still the season of great harvest. And the question is, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the stock market? Are you going to believe that it matters who's president? Are you going to believe um, that your job can limit your resources? Are you going to believe 
This is the year of great harvest. The second Chronicles 20 and 20, it tells us if you believe God, you will be established. But if you believe the prophet, you will prosper. If you want to prosper, you better find you a prophet who hears from God and choose to believe what they're saying. Follow after those who through faith and patience have received the promise. Etoy said, I got a raise during the pandemic. See, if you had something happen, now is the time to testify. You ought to be testifying right now. Now is the time to say, I got that job. They refinanced my mortgage. Um, I got a promotion. I got some new clients. My, me, Sean Strickland, my business group. And you need to understand that, see, what has happened is that when we get religious, we start trying to minimize what God is saying. And so I know that there have been some prophets who maybe haven't had the right intentions, but don't throw away the whole ministry of, pro of the prophetic and of prophets, because if you do according to the word, you can't prosper. In another scripture, he says, God doesn't do anything unless he reveals it to his prophets. So God gave Pastor Edwin a word to be able to anchor us so that no matter what, happened we did not let go of our faith the Hopkins got the Hoskins got a race Malia got a race Robert got a race the Marlowe's got a race April and Ralph got a race people are getting houses people are getting all types of provision why because anytime you become a whosoever you qualify tell your neighbor say I'm a whosoever so I qualify now listen Amber Joyce just said I got a job offer that is three times what I have been paid in six years years. Michelle says she got a 15-year mortgage instead of a 30-year one. Somebody, Etoy says she had a $600 credit on her electric bill. No payments from May to September. Somebody ought to give him praise. Prosperity in a pandemic. You hear what I'm saying? God has never been moved. God has never been limited by a famine. You can read throughout this scripture and see that anytime there is a famine, God releases supernatural solutions. So again, are you going to be a whosoever who believes God or are you going to be an unbelieving believer? You love Jesus, you lift your hands, you cry, but when it comes time to believe that he got you, when it comes time to believe that you can still buy a house this year, when it comes time to believe that you can still get out of debt, you like, I don't know because we didn't know the economy was going to do this. How many of you know that you may not have known, but tell your neighbor, say God knew, God knew. God knew it's the year of great harvest. And then Pastor Elwin came in April, I mean in August, and this is what he told us. He said, guys, listen, and your last five months are going to be better than your first seven. See, if you at home, you should have done took off running by now. Wait a minute. You mean that God has been keeping us in a pandemic? You mean to tell me, stick, that God has a promise that your last five months going to be better than your first seven? You mean to tell me, Marlowe's and Hoskins, that your your, first, your last five months going to be better than your first seven, but where is your faith? Where is your faith? What have you put out there to say, no, I don't care. I am unbothered. I am unmoved. I agree with 
God. I agree with God. You can laugh at me. You can think I'm crazy. You can think it don't make any sense. You can get upset about the prosperity gospel, but I just want to tell you this. This is why I'm frustrated by why people are against the prosperity gospel. You do know salvation is the prosperity gospel. You owe the debt of sin that you could not pay, and Jesus paid it for you. You do know the healing is the prosperity gospel. You were sick in your body, and you couldn't heal yourself, but God healed you. You do know that financial freedom, you you do know that financial abundance is prosperity. The prosperity gospel, it's not about greed. It's about having the resources to be able to do every good work and every charitable donation. It is about you having enough to take care of your family and be able to give to the scholarship fund. That's how we raised $50,000 in the month of July. See, I just came to stare your faith today that God is still doing stuff. I just came to stare your faith that God is still paying off debts. I just came to stare your faith that people are still getting promoted. I just came to stare your faith that businesses are still growing. I'm just trying to find some believers who are unwilling to bow, who are unwilling to bend, who are unwilling to cave in and quit, who are unwilling to do anything but believe God and say, my last part of the year going to be better than the first because God is not done. Come on and give the Lord some praise today. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Let's go to Rome. I mean to um, Psalms one twelve. Psalms one twelve. And in the words of Doctor Bridget Hilliard, I'm not gonna let you talk me out of my faith. You may be offended that I'm increasing in this season, but I'm not going to let you talk me out of my faith. Do you know why you're offended that I'm increasing in this season? Because you have a poverty mentality. You think it's not enough. You understand that this idea of scarcity is a demonic belief system. There is no scarcity. God did not create a world that could not sustain his people. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means that everything in this earth came from God. There is enough for everybody. Well, where do we get that from? I was thinking about this as I was doing some research for a class I, I taught yesterday, a master class, and I was thinking about this like diamonds. You do know there's no shortage of diamonds, right? You do know that the shortage of diamonds is a lie. You do know that all that happened is that a man, a family, locked up the diamond mines and made us think that there was a scarcity of diamonds. But you do know that in reality, there is no scarcity of diamonds. See, you need to understand that men and women who do not have a kingdom perspective will be influenced by the devil to make you think that scarcity is a real thing. But there is no scarcity of diamonds. What has happened is that it is a man-made construct to make you think that there is not enough. Why? Because if you think there's not enough, you'll get in fear. If you think there's not enough, you won't tithe. If you think there's not enough, you won't sow. If you think there's not enough, he will, you won't step out when God tells you to step out. So what the enemy does is that he uses some selfish and greedy men to make you think that there is not enough. But I need everybody saying God has enough for everybody. Why? Because you have to hear it until it becomes reality. You have to hear it the way you kept hearing when you was laying back there coloring on your program that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You need to hear it the way you kept hearing from hearing about healing. You need to hear it until it becomes more real to you than that credit score. It becomes more real to you than what your checking account says. It becomes more real to you than what your boss says. Why? Because when it becomes more real, it will change what you see. Come on and give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Man, I'm so scared up because I was talking um, to Chandra the other day and I said to Chandra, I said, listen, let me tell y'all something. I'm not telling y'all this because he my husband because a lot of people don't receive and believe the word that come from their husband. I am telling you that if I was not married to Pastor Edwin, he would still be my pastor. This man of God heard from God with such a degree that he said to us, listen here, it's your year of great harvest. I'm going to put that before you. I need you to come into alignment. I need you to come into agreement. I need you to so that you can advance. I need you to be in this position because he didn't know that all of these things were going to happen on the earth. But what he said was, I got a word from God. I got a word from God that's designed to anchor you. I got a word from from God that's going to keep your rent paid. I got a word from God that's going to cause your retirement to increase. I got a word from God that's going to cause you to be promoted when nobody else is being promoted. I got a word from God and I'm telling you, you better learn how to become a whosoever who receives a word from God because one word from God will change your life. And if you will settle that today, you will never ever struggle again. And when it looks like you are in lack, you will say to lack, you cannot be real. You are a man-made construct. I have seed in the ground. I agree with God. Resources come to me now in the name of Jesus. And I get it. Somebody go get upset and they go say, can you decree and declare? Well, the Bible tells me I'm created in the image of God and that I am created to be fruitful. I am created to multiply. I am created to replenish. I am created to subdue and I am created to have dominion. It tells me that I am supposed to say the things that God is saying. And when I say what God is saying, I will see what God is saying. Now that's just the word. Now, if you want some weak gospel, how you ain't going to barely make it and we just need Jesus to come back, then you need to tune out this broadcast and go find somebody who preached that mess. But I'm talking about the word, the same word that keeps everybody sustained in heaven, that keeps us sustained on earth. We will not be bound by this economy. We will not be bound by this president. We will not be bound by the color of our skin. We will not be bound by the gender, um, by our gender, because we... We believe God. Do I have any God believers out here? I still ain't got the Psalms 112. Psalms 112. I'm telling you, you better decide who you're going to be. You better decide who you're going to be. Now, if you like some old pitiful climbing up the rough side of the mountain gospel, you really need to sink into Romans 12 and 2 because you ain't even supposed to be climbing mountains. You're supposed to speak to them. Psalms 112. Psalms 112. It says, praise ye the Lord. Come on and give God some praise. Praise ye the Lord. See, somebody's sitting there right now, and instead of saying, why can't I get a job, you ought to start calling a job. Father, I thank you that before the foundation of the earth, you knew that I was going to be without a job in this season right now. Father, I thank you that you've already provided a job for me. I thank you that it's a job with good people. I thank you that it's a job with the right opportunities. I thank you that it's a job with the right pay. I thank you that right now you're staring up somebody who has the ability to make this happen for me. I thank you that favor has gone before me on your behalf. I thank you that you're working all things together for my good. I thank you that when I go out to search on ID, indeed, you draw my eyes to what I need to see. I thank you that you're causing my name to come up from somebody and they're going to call me. I thank you that you've already set a job before me. I thank you that it may look like a shortage, but there is no shortage. I'm about to get the best job of my life. 
Oh yeah, Father, I thank you that it's enough clients. I thank you that you didn't call me into business to struggle. I thank you that you didn't call me into business to barely make it. I thank you that you have more than enough for me. I thank you that you are drawing my clients from the east, south, and west. I thank you that when I, when I post on Facebook that your anointing draws the people who are supposed to be connected to me. I thank you that there is no shortage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. I got to teach you this right here, that feareth the Lord is not about being scared of the Lord. If you want to know if you a man who fear the Lord, check your obedience. If you want to know if you are a woman who fears the Lord, check your obedience. Check your obedience. Check your obedience. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, blessed is the person that feareth the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. How do you feel when God asks you to do something? How do you feel when God asks you to sow? How do you feel when God asks you to tithe? How do you feel when God asks you to go get that certification? How do you feel when God asks you to redo your business? How do you feel? Because what it tells us is that the man with the empowerment, the woman with the empowerment is the person who fears the Lord enough to obey. Tell your neighbor, say, I obey God. I obey God. I obey God. And then it says this person right here, their seed will be mighty on the earth. I like to look at that scripture in two ways. See, my physical seed, my children, my five children, they will be mighty on the earth. And my seed, when I release a seed, it will do mighty things on the earth. It will bring me great harvest. Glory to God. And the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Say, we are a blessed generation. Come on and say it. I need you to type it. I need you to heart it. I need you to put it on your Facebook page as a status. We are a blessed generation. See, you got to be careful about sharing these memes and sharing these posts and talking about throw 2020 away. You're crazy if you throw 2020 away. God is still in 2020. And let me ask you a question. Do you think the changing of a calendar is going to change your year if you got a broke mindset in this year you go take a broke mindset into next year if you think that somebody can keep you bound in this year you go stay bound in next year it's not the year that matters it's the god over the year it's not the year it's the god over the year and then it says wealth and riches shall be in his house you ought to underline that in your bible wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endureth forever. And listen, they got it pinned. If you want to give today, we have ways that you can give. And what I can tell you with 100% certainty, this is good ground. I can tell you that with 100% certainty, this is good ground. Through the pandemic, we have not laid off anybody on our staff. We have continued to bless people. We have helped people pay their rent. We are still paying scholarships. Listen, this is good ground. This is good ground. It says, wealth and riches shall be in my house. And Shai says, wealth and riches shall be in my crib. Let me tell you something. You got a whole promise right here that says, if you fear and obey God, 
that you obey and do his commandments, that wealth and riches will be in your house. Let me tell you something. You would be crazy to let anybody talk you out of living this promise. You would be crazy to let any scarcity mentality, any fear-based mentality, any religious person, any unrighteous person, any heathen who think you shouldn't have money, any right religious person who think you shouldn't have money, you would be crazy to let anybody talk you out of what God said. Go to Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Let's just, you'll be crazy. I would be crazy to take your word over God's word. I would not be in my right mind. I would probably need a devil cast out of me. If I would take your word over God's word, I would be crazy. Some of y'all ought to repent because you didn't take other word over God's word, but you took your word over God's word. You told God what you can't do right now. You told God what can't happen right now. You've been talking to God about 2020 like he wasn't still in the year. So you could just repent right now. You just be like, God, I'm, I'm sorry. You'd be like, Brown, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. It says, but thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he who giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant in the earth, which he sware to his fathers. So God made a covenant and you get to be a partaker of the covenant because he wants to demonstrate his covenant in your life. And he says, but you shall remember that it is the Lord your God. Some of you was thinking about quitting. Some of you was wondering if church still matter. Some of you was thinking about caving in and giving up on your dream. Some of you was, some of you was way off on a path God didn't tell you to be because you forgot that he has given you the power to get wealth. So you don't have to compromise your integrity. You don't have to sleep with nobody. You don't have to lie. You don't have to misrepresent. And you don't have to be on a path that he didn't tell you to be on because it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now, how God going to give you the power to get well and then be mad because you're wealthy? God is not upset because people have wealth. God is wealthy. God is upset when righteous people don't have wealth because they lie because unrighteous people lie and make everybody else think it ain't enough. God is not upset. In fact, God needs you to be wealthy. He needs you to be wealthy. Do you know why God needs you to be wealthy? It's somebody right now who needs their rent paid. He needs you to be able to do it. But you hold it around with, let me tell you something. If you are a person who only wants enough for you, you think you are righteous, but you are selfish. Why? Because we are called to be a blessing and you cannot be a blessing when you don't have anything yourself. And that is why the enemy works so hard to make church folks think that poverty is something noble. Do you know how good it felt for me earlier in the pandemic when the Lord said, I want you to pay this young lady's rent and I just had the ability to pay her rent? Do you know how good that is? Do you know how good that felt to not have to say to her, I, well, I'm just going to pray for you. Let me see what me and my friends can come up with. I ain't need my friends. I ain't need my friends. We're called to be a blessing, but if the enemy can get you to buy into some raggedy mindset that poverty is somehow noble and poverty is somehow righteous and poverty is somehow, you, if you, 
Can you think about your thinkings for a second? How you believe in a God who got um, the roads are paved with gold in heaven. The 12 gates are hewn with one pearl. He put gold in Genesis in, the Eden, in Eden when they didn't even need money. But now he's decided that you're supposed to do his work in the earth and you're supposed to do it while you broke. Come on, guys. You got to stop letting the enemy dupe you with a bunch of stupid things. I love it. Pastor Edwin told this story in Ecclesiastes. He made this point in Ecclesiastes. It says it was a rich man who saved the city. And no, and when he, after he, I mean, a poor man who saved the city. And after he saved the city, nobody remembered his name because he was a poor man. Let me tell you something. It is a benefit to being wealthy. When you are wealthy, you can solve problems. When you are wealthy, you can be God's hands in the earth. Yes, I'm coming for it today. Yes, I know it makes some of you uncomfortable, but let me tell you something. If all you care about is enough for you, for your house note, for your family to go on vacation, you are selfish and you are not operating in your kingdom perspective. God wants you to have, let me just show you. Let me tell you what he said. Let me tell you what he said. Because I want to define wealth for you. Because some Somebody, somebody, come on, Kenosha. The Bible says the poor will be among us always. I love what the scripture actually says. It says the poor will be among us. So if it's among us, it's not us. If the, the poor will be among us, that's what Jesus said. The poor will be among you always. If it's among you, it don't have to be you. Somebody drop that scripture for them. All right. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Why? Because I need you to press in. Why? Because let me tell you something. The Bible says in Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come. I need you to understand that, listen, you need to receive your kingdom wealth because there are going to be more people who need help the rest of this year. Are you going to be a helper or are you going to be the person who needs help? John 12 and 8, it says you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. The poor among you, among you. Among you, but not me. All right, 2 Corinthians, verse 9, verse 6. It says, remember this, he who sold, I'm reading out of the Amplified. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings might come to someone will also reap generously and with blessing. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving. So what we just find right here is one of the quickest ways to increase wealth is to become this right here, is to qualify. How do you qualify? How do you qualify? You become a person who has purposed in your heart to be a giver. Do you know if you see yourself as poor, if you see yourself as lack, you as a, a person in lack, you will not purpose to be a giver. What you will purpose is to look for who can hook you up. I saw a young lady yesterday. She was so excited because she had just gotten a Louis Vuitton purse. She was so excited. She was telling her testimony. She had just come out of a bad situation. And somebody says to her, give me that purse. She ain't even carried the purse yet. And somebody's out here asking. And as I read that, I thought, you know what? This person who asked for this purse, they don't see themselves as being abundantly supplied. What they see themselves is that somebody is always needing someone to supply them. They don't qualify. And then he says, he says, so I can qualify. Why? Because I'm going to make up in my mind to be a giver. Because God loves, 
He takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do giver. I want to talk to you about why God loves cheerful givers so much. The reason God loves cheerful givers is because if you're a cheerful giver, when Santresa is a cheerful, prompt-to-do giver, she can be standing in the grocery store and he can say to her, I need you to pay for that family's groceries. And she won't say, Lord, I don't have but $150 because she's a cheerful, quick, prompt-to-do giver who knows. Ain't no way in the world that she could pay for their groceries and God let her be hungry. See, that's why God is looking for some quick, prompt to do cheerful givers. He's looking for some people that he can take care of so they can take care of others. He's looking for some people and many of you have done it, but you've done it out of a scarcity mentality. So taking care of them has cost you. That's not what God is into. God doesn't need you to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Jesus has already been the martyr. He already became poor so that you can be rich. What God is looking for is somebody who is willing to be a cheerful prompt to do giver who is willing to take all of their resources and give them to God and distribute them as he says forth and trust that that God who causes you to give will also cause increase to come to you say I'm not just a giver I'm a receiver too and then it says, and God is able, this is what wealth is. You ought to underline, highlight, memorize this verse. Verse 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, it tells us what wealth is. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So be clear when I'm talking to you about being wealthy, I'm not saying everybody's supposed to be a millionaire. I am saying that everybody should live under the all grace where God makes every favor and every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. And I'm saying the reason that you qualified for that is that you have become a quick, cheerful, prompt to do giver who his heart is in his giving. Is this making sense to you? Because we don't have much time. We got to get out of here today. I'm trying to tear down some of them strongholds. So the system of wealth operating, being wealthy, that doesn't mean I'm going to be a billionaire. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a millionaire. Now, praise God, if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. But what it says is that what is wealth? All grace. And I love it in the Amplified because in the Amplified, it says it's every favor and every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Every favor, every earth. So the people right now, I want y'all to just lift up a prayer for the people who looking for jobs. The people right now who looking for jobs, yes, they need a paycheck. They need money, but what they need is favor. They need someone to see their resume and say, mm, let me bring this girl on in here. Let me bring this boy on in here and see what they got to offer. And so he says, when you are a giver, what I'm going to do for you is I am going to make all grace. Somebody shout all grace. Pastor Sean, what is all grace? Whatever you need, because sometimes I need favor and sometimes I need money. Sometimes I need the door open. Sometimes I need divine protection. Sometimes I need um, some instruction because I don't know how to do something. So he is able to make all grace abound to me. Sometimes I don't know where the solution is. All grace is wisdom. All grace is protection. All grace is favor. All grace is money. All grace. Here's a place where you can need favor. You got the money for the house. You just can't find the house. It ain't in your heart to build. You can't find the house. He says, all, all grace. I'll make all grace abound to you. Every favor and every earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Shout abundance. Shout abundance. Shout abundance. Shout abundance. 
because you got to get comfortable with abundance, not just your abundance, because some of you, you could let yourself have abundance. You got problems with other people having abundance. Some of you got people with other, you, you cool with other people having abundance, but you don't think you should have abundance. Shout abundance. All grace. He is making all grace abound to my account. He knows what I need. He knows where my answers are. He knows where the job is. He knows where the house is. He knows what the strategy is to get my credit score up. He knows where my clients are. He knows where the certification is. He knows which doctoral program I should be in. And what he begins to do when I participate in his program is he makes all grace abound to me. He gives me solutions. All grace ain't nothing but supernatural solutions, supernatural strategies that you may always, here's what wealth is. I'm going to read the whole verse without preaching it. It says, verse eight, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid and support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I got to tell you this as we get ready to get out of here. I got to tell you this. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes 11 and that's going to be our last scripture for today. I got to tell you this. Many people think that God only wants them to have wealth so they can help other people, but God cares about you and good works is you taking care of your family. Good works is you having health insurance. Good works is you being able to put your kids in dance class, piano lessons. Good works is a, is a, is a vacation. Good works is being able to have a nice dinner in a restaurant. Good works is being able to leave an inheritance for your children's children. He says, I want you to be supplied and self-sufficient for every good work. So he cares about you too. Every good work and charitable donation. So what God wants to do when I will position myself to become a giver who participates in his system, he will release a grace that allows me to do the good work of taking care of my family. Taking care of my family and, and being able to be a blessing. Every good work and every charitable donation. And so then I don't have to worry about the house because if God says, no, that's not the house, then that must mean that wasn't a good work for me. Because the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. So if God says, no, it wasn't yours, tell your neighbor, say, when God says, no, it just means it wasn't yours. It don't mean you don't have nothing. It just means it wasn't yours. When God says no, it doesn't mean you don't have anything. It just means it wasn't yours. When God says no about that job, it doesn't mean there isn't a job. It just means that one wasn't yours. When God says no about this situation, it doesn't mean you don't have a breakthrough. It just means that one wasn't yours. And so you got to stop getting so offended and stop acting like a three-year-old and throwing a temper tantrum when God says no and find out where the yes is. And I just heard this by the Holy Spirit. Many of you are struggling right now because you are trying to kick open doors that the Lord has already told you they are not yours. 
You are trying to kick open places. And it may not that it be, it may not be that it's not yours ever. It means it's not yours in this season. Some of you are trying to skip steps. God has told you, I, I yes, I hear this. There are people out here and you want to be an entrepreneur. And God wants you to be an entrepreneur, but right now you need a job. Because there are things that God wants to teach you. And what you keep trying to do is you keep trying to use scripture to manipulate. And you try to use that scripture that he'll give you the desires of your heart. But I owe you to teach you that that scripture desires of your heart. It means to be to, to delight in him. It means to become pliable to him. The word of God is not a tool that we use to manipulate God to strong harm him to him doing at what we want to do. God is not obligated. And that's why many of you are frustrated in your faith because you've tried to get a car. But when you went on that lot, God told you it wasn't the season or that wasn't the car. And then you get offended because you either get turned down for the car or you get the car and you can't pay for it. See, if I'm talking to you, you can just repent. Some of you been salty because the house you wanted, God said no. Some of you been salty because you moved to a city and things aren't opening up, but he never told you to move to that city anyway. Some of you been salty because you wanted to go left and he told you to go right and you still over here complaining about why God won't give you this and he gave it to somebody else. God is not obligated to do for you what you want him to do. All God is obligated to do is to keep his word to you and his word is where your prosperity is. I am preaching better than you are saying amen. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11. There, yes, I love it. Tiffany says there is a prepared people there's a prepared place for prepared people and Dexter said and that's how you end up with a Saul instead of a David and many of you right now you're dealing with an Ishmael you're dealing with a situation that's wearing you out and you walked into it and God told you not to be there and he told you not to do that see because I owe you I owe you not to just let you think that this word about prosperity and this word about wealth is about you doing what you want to do God is not obligated to bless what you want to do God is obligated to keep his word God is not obligated to give you a job or let you move to that city because you want to move in that city. God is not obligated to open the door there because your friends is, is thriving there. God is not obligated to do that. God is only obligated to keep his word. And for many of you, he has called you into places that you don't necessarily want to be in. And in your immaturity, you are fighting to get out of places that you need to be in for this season, for the lessons for the next season. For the next season, for the next season. Amen. I owe you to tell you that part. See, because too many times it's like grab, grab it and run around. No, you can actually only grab what God gave you. The rest of the stuff don't belong to you. The rest of the stuff don't belong. I feel this real strongly. There is somebody you want to be an entrepreneur and the Lord says no. And it's been confirmed by the no because you don't make enough money to live by. And no matter how good the plans look, they never pan out. Why? Because there is something in a corporate environment that he is trying to teach you. He is trying to teach you about leadership. He is trying to teach. I hear this. Some of you, he's trying to teach you about submission because some of you don't want to work for anybody because you don't want to learn discipline and you don't want to learn submission. Some of you want to be entrepreneurs because you think that means that nobody tells you what to do. But as an entrepreneur, let me tell you something. I have hundreds of people who are telling me what to do. But amen. Y'all take that and do with it what you want to. Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11. And then I'm going to read the prophecy. And listen, you ought to be sowing into this word this morning. You ought to be repenting this morning. 
You ought to make a decision today. Listen, I'm not going to get to October and still be in this situation. I, listen, this may be hard for me to hear. I may not want to hear it. I may not want to do it. But I'm just, what I'm not going to do is keep going around the same mountain. What I'm not going to keep doing is judging the children of Israel while I keep walking around the same mountain. Because it don't even make sense. It don't even make sense. All right, Ecclesiastes 11. Give me just a second. Everybody take a deep breath. All right, I found the prophetic word, so I'm ready to go. Ecclesiastes 11. It says, cast thy bread upon the waters. Listen, you can always tell when you start saying something that cutting. Baby, they cut them little hearts off. The people don't get, at least y'all don't get no angry faces. So if y'all don't get no hearts, I'm all right with that. It says, cast your bread upon the waters for you shall find it after many days. It says, give a portion to seven and also to eight for thou knowest not what evil shall be on the earth. It's what I love about Pastor Edwin releasing that word. We didn't know what evil was on the earth, but God knew what evil was on the earth. It says, if the clouds be full, they empty themselves on the earth. And if the tree fall forward toward the south or toward the north in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. I love this right here because it says, if the clouds be full, sometimes y'all are upset because y'all don't have heart. Can I just talk to you for a second? You sold one significant seed and you mad because you ain't a millionaire. You helped, you, you extended favor for one person and now you mad because everybody don't know your name. Listen, when the clouds get full, anytime clouds get full, it's go rain. Or as that little thing person said, it's going to rain on your head. Anytime the clouds get full, it's going to rain. If it ain't raining yet, your cloud ain't full. What does that mean? I keep sowing. I keep doing the thing that God told me to do. I stay in that place. I don't get frustrated. I don't cave in and quit. I don't turn my back on God. I don't go back to the world. I don't start looking for some unrighteous way to get what I need. Why? Because God is enough. When the clouds get full, baby. It don't have no choice but to rain. You can be out walking. Ask me how I know since I started doing these hundred miles. You can be out walking. The sun can be shining. A cloud can roll in. And if that cloud is full of rain, it's go rain on your head. So if you're not seeing harvest yet, keep sowing. But listen to what he says. It says, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. Many of you observing the wind, let me just say it like this. Observing the wind will cause you to disobey God. Observing the wind will cause you to disobey God. God told you to expand the business, but you're observing the wind. God told you to get the certification so you could get the next promotion in your job. You're talking about, I don't want to be here next year. Observing the wind will cause you to disobey God. It will cause you to move out of season. It says, he that observes the wind shall not sow. He that reserves the wind, you need to do IG again. He that observes the wind will not obey God. You should just write it like that so you don't forget it. He that observes the wind will not obey God. If you observe the wind, you will not obey God. It says, he that observes the wind will not obey God, will not sow, and he that regards the clouds will not reap. Will not reap. Amen. And then it says, it says, as thou knowest not the way of the spirit, nor the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. It says, in the morning sow your seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand, for thou knowest which shall prosper, whether, whether shall prosper, either this or that, whether they shall both be good alike. I got I to gotta talk about this scripture right here. 
in the kingdom, what I find is people who want to sow, but they don't want to work at the thing God told them to. Or I find people who want to work, but they do not want to sow. He said, listen right here, Mika, we back on Insta. It only goes for an hour. So after an hour, we have to come back. Um, he says, listen here, if you observe the wind, you will not sow. If you regard the clouds, you will not reap. And it says in the same way that you, you don't know how the spirit is going to move. What is he telling you right here? Look at yourself in the mirror and say, you don't know how God's going to do it. You don't know if God is going to do it because of your seed. You don't know if God is going to do it because of your work. So you do them both. You do your part and let God do his. You don't know what God is going to do. You don't know God if, if God is going to open up a door. You don't know if, the, if a miracle is going to come. You don't know if he's going to raise up somebody. You don't know if he's going to bring in new clients. You don't know what he's going to do, but you do know what you're supposed to do. It says, and think about it like this. You don't know how sperm and egg become a baby, but you do know that if you want a baby, it's an act you need to engage in. So I don't know how God is going to get me to my wealthy place, but I do know that it's some acts I need to engage in. I need to sow, I need to obey, and I need to work. So you don't know how coming together of the bodies actually does that. You don't know how sperm and egg then become bone and produce a human being. You don't know, but you know that there are acts you must engage in if you want to get the outcome. You don't know how God is going to get you to all grace. You don't know his plan, but what you do know is that you need to sow, you need to obey, and you need to do the work. You don't know. It ain't your business how God does his business. It's just your business to do your business. It's not your business how God does his business. It says, in the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand. For thou knowest not which shall prosper, either this or that, nor whether they shall be alike good. Amen. I'm going to end there. I'm going to read the prophetic word. I want to remind you to sow into this word today. I want to remind you, don't stop tithing. Don't stop giving. If you're a first timer or if you're just a virtual, I mean, if you're just a person who watches or are virtual partners, be a, be a faithful giver. Man, something supernatural happens when you give. You know, I love what Katrina just said. You need to mind your business and let him take care of his business. So I got to tell you this, guys. You got to put it together. You've got to put the steps together. Some of you are so high on the sewing. Some of you are so high on the working. Some of you are so high, you can't be high on the obedience without those. You're high on the sewing. You're high on the working. I'm challenging you now to put them together. Why? Because you don't know which one he's going to use. So I want to read this prophetic word that the Lord gave me for September. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. It says, there is a release of supernatural strategies that will cause you to break through. The Holy Spirit will lead you in the way that you should go. Many of the instructions will seem simple and even significant, but your obedience will release the power of God into your situation to bring new levels of freedom and breakthrough. There will be financial strategies given. Okay, all right, see, look. Oh, I'm just going to start over. See, you can't stop me from giving the prophetic word. Is it, huh? That's right. You can't stop me. I'm going to get this word. 
There is a release of supernatural strategies that will cause you to break through. The Holy Spirit will lead you in the way you should go. Many of the instructions will seem simple and even significant, but your obedience will release the power of God into your situation to bring new levels of freedom and breakthrough. There will be financial strategies given that will help you walk through the next seven to 10 years, just like God told Joseph how to prosper in both abundance and famine. He is releasing strategies that will give you the victory no matter what the economy does. Listening and obeying consistently will be crucial. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart and stay focused on what God is revealing to you. Meditate on what God is saying to do. Do it and you will have good success. God has not forgotten you. This is a season of strategies and supernatural solution. Guys, guard your heart. The enemy is going to do everything he can to get you offended with God, to get you offended with the word, and to get you offended to the people who are called to speak into your life. Why? Because if he can get you offended with God, even if you come to church, you got a funky attitude and you don't expect anything to happen. If he can get you offended with the word, then you will start thinking of, you will start thinking that it won't work for you. And if he can get you offended with the people that he has called to speak into your life, you will disregard the instruction that they are giving you. I know that many of you think that experience is the best teacher, but it is not. The Holy Ghost is the best teacher. And if you believe that God has given you people, pastors, five-fold ministry gifts, coaches, parents who hear from God, this is not the season to be out here trying to be a lone ranger and do things by yourself. This is the time to guard your heart. And I need you to hear this. There are some things that some of you want to do right now. And the answer is no, not right now. Yes, Dexter, it is a jubilee word. It's absolutely a jubilee word. And it's not an accident that a jubilee word comes in September, which is the Jewish New Year. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Let him teach you. I want to encourage you to give this morning. I want to encourage you to sow a seed called all grace. I know many of you are going to bring your tithes and offering, but when you give your offering today, I want you to name that seed all grace. Some of you may have more needs than you even know how to list, but I want you to name your seed this morning all grace. I want you to name every seed you sow for the rest of this month an all-grace seed. I don't care if you pay for somebody's groceries. I don't care if you pay for their coffee. I don't care if you cash app somebody, help somebody with their rent, or give into this ministry or some other ministry. I want you to name your seeds all-grace. I am decreeing and declaring you will see the grace of God increase in your life. Every favor and every earthly blessing, whatever you need will be supplied. This week, our prayer team, myself, Pastor Elwin, we are lifting up people who need jobs. We are prophetically declaring over you, you will go from unemployed and underemployed to having the right job for this season. 
We love you. This is not the time to be backsliding. This is not the time to be out here doing all kind of stuff. This is not the kind time to be going your own way. It ain't never the time, but this really isn't the time. Because if God has given us a word to guide us for the next seven to 10 years, it's because he knows something about the next seven to 10 years. So listen, govern yourself according to the announcements. Come to Mindset Monday tomorrow. Come to prayer on Tuesday night. Come to Refresh on Wednesday. Join us back here on Sunday um, for Kristen, with Pastor Kristen. Go and like her page if you haven't done that. Like and follow, and then come back on Sunday morning. But you can give. You can use Tithely. You can use Givelify, and you can use PushPay. We are good ground, and I'm declaring something supernatural happens when you give. Oh, thank you. My cash app is Sean Strickland. I appreciate that, that you would sow into me this morning. Thank you so much. We love you. We are decreeing and declaring over your life that all grace be released, even this week. Even this week, solutions. Even this week, strategies. Even this week, the wisdom of God. Come out of disobedience. Come out of stubbornness. Come out of going your own way. And don't forget, Victory Zone and Ignite. Ralph, drop those links one more time. And then when the broadcast is over, can you drop the link on Facebook? If you have children, we have ministry for kids through teens. We have Ignite. Um, you tag Chandra in the post for Ignite. And then if you want to watch the videos with your kids, we encourage you to do that. They're teaching Bible basics. Help your children to grow in the things of God. Amen. We love you guys. Pastor Edwin isn't coming today, um, and so it's just me, but we love you. We bless you. We speak peace and prosperity over you. We speak divine favor over you. And wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wash your mask. Wash your hands. And don't be out places you don't have to be. Protect yourself and protect others. We love you. Have an amazing day. God bless you. We'll see you real soon.